Girls, the podcast is all about storytelling and empowerment. Our mission is to amplify the voices of women and girls and talk about the things that matter to them most. Love speaks to the support we give each other as we search for our own path to success. Lead, overcome, value, empower. That's love. Because every girl has a story. And our stories matter. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Love Girls, the podcast. My name is Teresa Babers. I am a mentor and volunteer with the magazine. Hi, and I'm co-host Kayla Babers. Um, Today, we're talking about women, girls, and sports. So, Kayla, Uh let's go back down memory lane for a minute. Did you play any sports in high school? I did. I did. I'm not going to say that I was that girl, but I was an athlete. Okay. Um, I played tennis, um, and we actually went to sectionals. And little story, I got my wisdom teeth pulled out um, the day before. And, you know, I thought I was Venus and Serena and decided to play high off of my pain meds and we lost. But, you know, (laughs) we still made it to state regardless. But, yeah, and I also played basketball for a little bit, too. Um, Actually, I have the uh, added responsibility of being Kayla's mother. Um, So I have a few memories from your sports career. And you actually played basketball until you were a sophomore in high school. But as a 10-year-old... Um, in a basketball league, uh, you had an injury like a crick in your neck or something like this, and you were going, I can still play, I can still play. You couldn't move your whole head, but you didn't want to come out of the game. So yeah, I would say you are a lover of sports. Our guest today is Sarah Van Voren. She is a three-time Guinness World Record holder. She is co-founder of Atout, a nonprofit in rural Nepal, which avails marginalized girls equal sporting and educational opportunities. Sarah is originally from Iowa. She completed a Master of Philosophy in International Peace Studies at Trinity College in Dublin. The past 10 years, Sarah has lived and worked in rural communities and underdeveloped countries across the globe, coaching, educating, mentoring, facilitating, restructuring, implementing, and managing grassroots sports for development for nonprofits. In 2022, Sarah was nominated and honored by UN Women USA for the prestigious Rise and Raise Others Award for her work in uplifting women and girls. Okay, and also joining us today um, as a teen host is Lola Brooke. Lola is a Love Girls Magazine Love Award honoree, and she's been a volunteer with us for a few years, and we're happy to have her. Hi, my name is Lola Nakashima Brooke. Uh, I'm 17 years old. I'm going to be a senior this year at Davenport Central High School in Davenport, Iowa. Go Blue, go Blue Devils, and uh, I am the Iowa Student Poetry Ambassador for uh, the 2023-2024 year. Lola, I know you have some questions, so I'm going to let you kick it off. All right, thank you. First off, I just have to say, it may not be the best question, but tell us about those Guinness World Records. What are, what'd you get? How'd you get them? <laughs> okay, so I'm a part of a worldwide um, global network of sisters where we all have the same passion to... Um, break the gender inequality that happens uh, in sports from the grassroots to the professional level. And our sisterhood organization is called Equal Playing Field. 
Um, and basically, one day, one of the co-founders of Equal Playing Field just got really sick of seeing horses in newspapers and no women's sports in newspapers. And she's mm-hmm. living in Australia, so there's all these horse races. They're always putting them on the newspapers. Men are in the newspaper, but no women in sport in newspapers. Thus, she got really angry and started talking about it more and more. Called up a friend of hers who was all the way across the world in um, Jordan and just... Finally, was like, instead of talking to me about it, do something about it. And so she thought a little bit about it. And she's like, hey, let's go play a football match, which is soccer, in my words, uh, across the world known as football, soccer here in the U.S. Let's go have a football match on the top of Mount Kilimanjaro with a full 11-a-side pitch, um, two different teams, a full FIFA credential referees, full-size pitch, and let's show the world that women and girls can do absolutely anything. They were the first to have the Guinness World Record for the highest altitude football match ever played. And I heard about that match and I thought, what? That's incredible. That's exactly what I want to do someday. And so I got in contact with them. I said, whatever you're doing crazy next, I want to be a part of it. And they said, we've been invited to Jordan to play the lowest altitude football match at the Dead Sea. And on top of that, we're going to build a pitch, um, a, football, a soccer pitch, and we're going to go, we're going to walk all throughout Jordan, and we're going to host football sessions for girls in rural communities. I was like, perfect. I'm, I'm in. For us non-football players, can you give us a little insight on what a pitch is? Oh, a pitch is this field, a okay. soccer field. Gotcha. Yes, gotcha. exactly. Um, yeah, so we left the soccer field slash pitch to them. And uh, they, we had probably about six or seven different uh, workshops slash uh, f- sessions with girls. lasted a couple hours. And um, from that, we just kept going on saying, you know what, if we can do this, we can do this, and we can do this, and we can do this. Let's just keep doing all these crazy things. So in 2019 in Lyon, uh, France, during the Women's World Cup of 2019, we uh, did another Guinness World Record where we had the longest played, um, longest ever played football match, five-side football match. We played something like 97 hours straight. Oh, wow. Yep. How does that work? <laughs> you just keep going, and you're allowed to have as many substitutes as you want. And we put out a call to the world and said, hey, we're here. We're playing this football match. We're fighting for gender equality. And in between all that, we were doing... A lot of other different things, workshops about, uh, you know, women in sport um, from the grassroots to the professional level. And we brought women and girls from across the world um, into Lyon and put together this huge festival. So we just called out to everyone and said, if you want to play with us, come. And they did. That's a a huge statement. And I guess that leads me to the infamous shut up and dribble. Do you ever get people or opposers that like, well, we don't have women's rights necessarily. We don't have regulation over our bodies. And you guys are worried about sports. Um, Have you ever come across that? And if so, how do you handle that and the importance of women having a platform in sports just like men do? The co-founders of Equal Playing Field and the sisterhood we're a part of, we are women from across the world, from the Middle East to South Asia, Southeast Asia, Africa, Uh, North America, Europe, we are from so many different collective areas around the world that obviously have very different ways in which they're able to access sports or the kickback they get from it. Mm -hmm. 
So if, and we do receive plenty of kickback, um, we let our sisters talk for us, those that I am with um, from other parts of the world. They've had much more struggle and are able to take it with stride and just they usually have a snapback that's really funny and witty and makes the person really think about why did I say that? Um, kind of kill them with kindness, sure. a bit of uh, sassiness, and <laughs> a lot of laughing. Hmm. I'm thinking that, you know, whereas sports may not be or seem as significant as other issues that women are facing, at the same time, I guess I'm thinking about quality of life as you're talking. So, you know, you want to do more than just survive. What is kind of your hope for like girls and women in Nepal? What do, what do you hope that they gain from your work, from being included more in sports? Yeah, so we, my co-founder and I, uh, we co-founded a two back in 2018. And my co-founder, his name is Mashrib, and he's born and raised in Nepal. I looked around the world at places that I had friends uh, who were very interested in sport for development, nonprofit work, using football and or soccer, as we call it here, um, to empower girls. Every time I kept going back to Nepal, because it's an it's an area that this this type of work is not included in, and it's also an area that can benefit many girls, but most importantly, it's a place where I knew I had a partner who would be equally invested. For us, it was always, we don't understand why we were so lucky to have all the sporting and educational opportunities we've always had in our lives. I can say I've never lacked um, any opportunity when it comes to sports and education. And I, same for Mashrib, he, he never lacked opportunities for anything and so we looked at each other like well we have we have the power within our own mindsets and the will to give the same opportunities to anyone because why shouldn't they have them that makes no sense to us we've already seen you talk about like just the amazing amount of work that you put into this organization but how did you find yourself like on this path? How did you find yourself working for nonprofits? Ooh, good question. Knowing that this is what you wanted to do. Hmm. So it's actually quite funny. Um, I never wanted to work for nonprofits ever. And so what happened at the end of my master's program is we were able to be placed in internships across the world. And I placed myself in a teeny tiny grassroots nonprofit that had two people working for it. And yet we're doing some of the biggest heavy lifting of peace talks in the Balkans region, um, because the Balkans region is still recovering from terrible civil war from, you know, back in the early 90s. And watching these two amazing people who are this small grassroots nonprofit do the work they do, I found that to be really, really cool. Um, and I enjoyed my internship so much. And one of the things that happened during my internship was they asked me to do some research because this is back in 2011 2012 in london when boat refugees were just starting um they were coming from north africa or even some were coming all the way from like bangladesh and uh, they were starting to arrive on the european coasts 
And so they started asking me to do some research about it because they might have to get involved with that. And what I found was they were all coming from certain areas within Africa. And a lot of those areas were refugee camps from old civil wars in Africa. And the more research I did, I started finding that there were like very famous footballers, soccer players uh, who would then come to these refugee camps and do camps for these kids and give them a bit of an outlet. And I thought, wait a minute, why have I never thought about this? Sports, nonprofit work kids put it all together it could be something amazing as americans we have a bad reputation and i'm just gonna not sugarcoat it the rest of the world doesn't really i'll censor doesn't really mess with us like that and so i'm just i'm just always curious do you ever get any backlash where as you as being an outsider or a foreigner i'm doing air quotes y'all can't see it but as a foreigner do you ever is there any friction that you have to like work through or is everybody just like oh yeah we don't know you come on in absolutely i have to work i've had to work every single day to gain their trust and respect um because Unfortunately, especially within this area that we work, which is this this location in Nepal is one of the most neglected areas in all of Nepal, hands down. Any type of international aid agency that has foreigners that have come in for a hot second, taken a bunch of photos, made some silly campaign on a wall that none of the community members can read because they can't read and what spent 10,000 G on that and never talk to the community members, don't care about them, take photos, pop out. They've, all, they've only experienced this. That's all they've ever mm -hmm. experienced. And there's been no, absolutely no development in that community. So absolutely, they look at me and definitely don't have any trust or faith in me. That's why I always wanted an equal partner from the actual country. Every time I go back, it's clear that everybody's very happy with what the program has brought. Because I was just there um, a couple two months ago and... We have a little boy now who's joined our program because boys can join our program, but they have to bring and retain three new girls. Uh, I was just going to ask, besides like donation, what do you think the average person could do to help nonprofits like yours? Um, one thing that I want to throw out there, uh, volunteers from all over the world. Because one of our missions is especially is to have girls and women from across the world to come and work with us for a month, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. And we've been doing that for the past two years now. Um, because these girls have never met before us, before, really before myself coming in, they've never met and worked with on a daily basis anyone outside of their community. And so if we can bring in girls from all over the world who are then of course from different backgrounds and even ethnicities and origins uh they're gonna teach and they're gonna learn uh, our girls are and then the people who come they always think they're gonna you know teach and everything but they learn so much more Where can they find you? Where can they get in contact with you and your people? Everybody can get in contact with us on our website, which is atootgirls.org, uh, A-T-O-O-T girls.org. But you can check out Instagram, Attitude Girls. 
you can check out us on Facebook at a toot girls. What does a toot stand for? A toot is the Nepali word for unbreakable. Love it. Yes. And it just really worked out for us because these girls are absolutely the most unbreakable girls I've ever met, no matter how hard their lives are. What a great note to end on. Thank you so much for sharing the work that you do and sharing your story. Thanks for having me. When you coming? <laughs> you know what? That, Get your passport. Trip. Hey, you want to go to Nepal? Okay. Oh. So you got three. <laughs>